Greetings there, travelers. Welcome back to the end of the seven dice. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting tale I was listening in. Uh, never heard of a world called Gauss before, but there's an infinite number of worlds out there, or at least that's what Wingover keeps telling me. It's kind of it's just so weird hearing all these different stories about people from all these different places. Just Faerun's all I've ever known, you know. Well, uh, oh, Wingover's just over there by the fire. Why don't you go see how he's doing? Greetings, there, travelers. It's me, Wingover Gimbrel, famous name bound. I'm so glad you could make it today. We actually have a, another special episode. I know so many special episodes you're probably wondering who I'm being treated so well. Well, you are. Today's special episode, uh, we actually have Borodon and Ronnie going to talk to Detective Billwin. That's right, for the first time, members of Death Shift are actually meeting with a detective who's been looking for them for so long. Oh, I wonder what will happen. It'll be a fly on the wall. Oh, I guess we are... We are being that, aren't we? Hearing the tale. It's just so weird, travelers. Like, I... I know this tale, right? I tell you this tale. This is me reciting a story that I know. But while I'm saying it, I... I'm unaware of it until it's actually happening. Ever since that curse. It's just unbelievable. Thank goodness for this inn, though. Michael, can you close the blinds? It's so bright out. Thank you. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, so, no fan mail today, Travis. That's okay. If you want to leave us some, uh, head on over to the older tunes, and they'll send one of their clockwork monstrosities over to explode in our mailbox, which I've had to replace many times. But, you know, that's how it is with mailboxes, right? They're supposed to be disposable. Uh, but we do have someone here from BattleBards. Uh, what? Uh, I don't mean to be rude, but, um, what are you? I'm floating hand. I'm just a mask. So could someone put you on? Like, they put you on and they go all crazy and they gain a bunch of superpowers? Um, nope. It would just be rude. It would be like somebody... Grabbing hold of you and shoving you on their face. Oh. Okay, sorry, I, I just didn't. Okay. Um, well, thank you for telling me that. Uh, go ahead. Hop on over to battlebombs.com where you can find amazing sound effects like Ice Storm or even Sci Fi Fighter Jets. Blasting away and blown up. That's right. Is that good wing thing? Yeah. It's just like, has anyone tried putting you on? Many people, they want powers and they think I'll give it. Then what made you want to be a bard? I love playing music. Huh. Okay, well that was good. Well, well thank you. Uh, Alright, travelers. Well, ooh, let's hop into this tale, this detective tale. I'm so curious what's gonna happen. Well, what's going on with Detective Billwin? And will Ronnie and Bordon be able to pull off good cop, bad cop? Or is it just gonna be bad cop, bad cop? Or is it just gonna be 
uh, criminal, criminal. I don't know anymore. I'm, I'm excited. Let's hop in this with the case file. Death shift. Hi, uh, I'm Humberto and I'm playing Borden, Dwarven Cleric in Chosen of Time. I'm Evan, and I'm playing Ronnie, the half-elf bard and chosen of chaos. story takes us is the police headquarters in the city of Sanctuary. We enter into a very chaotic and busy scene. Police officers, assistants, detectives, everybody is running around piles of papers and folders. Even though the cults have been making less and less of a noticeable appearance, there has been an uptick in monsters and so their jobs are being just swamped with requests again and again from the local townsfolk. We come up to Detective Bill, who is just sitting down. He's filling out some paperwork, and you're... I guess you don't really have a phone, so uh, probably like a, an intern comes running up to you. Stone of, stone of far speech goes off. <laughs> yeah. So this intern, he looks at you, and he's a new face, and there seems to be a lot of new faces lately. A lot of the cops are getting swapped around to different precincts, and this seems to be a plan of Police Chief Giles. And uh, this intern looks at you, um, Police Chief Giles wants to speak to you. Thanks very much, I'll go see him now. So you quickly dodge in and out of different assistants running back and forth, and head over to Police Chief Giles' office, which used to be... Chief Drogan's office mm-hmm. and another thing that actually happened is you haven't been able to get a hold of your partner Misha lately you keep getting the runaround of she's on another case she's off doing this and you've been to her place you've been looking around for her and you haven't heard a word and so while you enter into this office you see there's this man sitting down he has slick back hair he's wearing a crisp suit and looks just really well put together and looks up at you with a large smile well hello there bill how are you doing not gonna lie to you giles i'm mad attire much like everyone else here how can i help it has been a very difficult two weeks ever since those chosen just caused so much trouble i just nod don't, don't agree or disagree. <laughs> it seems we have another issue with the group I'm having you look into. A uh, death shift? Yes. It seems they were fighting in the middle of the street. They had murdered a few innocent churchgoers. Uh, it seems like there was even reports of monsters. We're not sure if death shift actually summoned these monsters or not. And they've even destroyed the entire front of a shop. So we're going to need you to go down there and look into this for us, Bill. Uh, Bill Owen pinches the bridge of his nose and... <sighs> right you are, sir. I'll head there immediately. Your friend, Officer Alex, he's at the crime scene. He should be able to fill you in on the details. 
I'll head there now. Thank you, Bill. And he smiles wide and closes the door behind you. I shiver a little bit when the door is closed. Making your way through here, you don't see a lot of familiar faces, but one of the faces you recognize is the receptionist, Percy. The halfling, he's been working some pretty long hours, and usually he keeps up this steady, happy demeanor, but lately he's been pretty on edge. This happened around the time that Marty got killed, and the case just seemed like it was dropped right away, the dwarven guard you were working Mm -hmm. with. And ever since then, a lot of the old guard and people who work here have just been pretty cagey. Afternoon, Percy. How's things? Ah, you know, Bill, there's a a lot of monsters out there and a lot of foot traffic. Been bringing in a lot of perch today. Just brought in a few summoners, actually. You heading out? Yeah, I've been told to go look into something to do with Death Shift again. Apparently they've been causing trouble in the streets. More murders? Sounds like it. Our good friend Giles has sent me out to look into it. Things have sure been interesting since Giles took over. <laughs> interesting. That's one word for it. I don't think we're sort of on a similar wavelength, which I think we just share a look. Yeah. He leans in a little over his desk. I, I reach up and lean in. It's <laughs> just two short people <laughs> leaning over this desk. <laughs> weren't meant for it. Hey, have you heard any more about Marty's death? I just found him in that alley. It looked like an energy blast. Is there anything else? I'm going to assume I haven't. No, no one's touched the case at all. Yeah, I sigh again, Prince of Bridge of my nose, and unfortunately, Percy, I haven't. As much as I've been trying to look into it, I just keep getting met with stonewall after stonewall. Nobody's talking. He's been on the force for years. Isn't it weird that we're just going to sweep it under the rug? Take my word for it, Percy. I'm sweeping nothing under the rug. Well, you stay careful out there, Bill. I don't know what this death shift's like, but if they find you, well, I just don't want anything bad to happen to you, okay? I'm always careful, Percy. Don't you worry. I head out the door. So you walk out into the busy streets of Sanctuary, and there's still quite a fair amount of people around. And while you're walking towards the market, you don't see any of those cultists really around. Maybe it's like one every 30 minutes, whereas it used to be like one every five people. Mm-hmm. So you make your way down to this merchant district and you go down a side street and cut a little bit of time off and you come across this store and it must have been a jeweler's shop or something. There's little baubles and bits of jewelry strewn about the street. You see the complete front is just torn off this building. There is a few bodies of cultists wearing red robes dotted here and there. And the thing that catches your eye right away is this 15 foot tall creature. It is, it looks humanoid. It's incredibly well built. It has carapace all over it. These giant clawed hands. And you see just like a smaller version of it without any carapace. Then you see a really willowy version. And you also see uh, Alex who's talking to a dwarven woman and a few other guards. Does the creature remind me of the one that we saw in that building when that woman was turned to a flesh door? No, it doesn't look like it's the same design, but it still definitely looks far from normal. Okay. I'll head on over to Alex. Oh, Bill, so you're assigned to this one, eh? Afternoon, Alex. Yeah, just my luck. I keep getting the weird ones. Yeah, well, I don't know how many normal cases are out there anymore. Yeah, I think pretty much every case at this point is a weird one. Uh, what do we know about what happened? Well, uh, this lady said there was a dragonborn with a strange 
dogleg golem with them. Uh, there was a, a half elf matching Ronnie O'Connell's descriptor. Gold suit. He had a pompadour. pompadour. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, platform shoes. Um, they were just here, like, buying jewelry. And then uh, there was also a dwarf, and uh, he was casting some pretty big spells. Blew a hole in that building over there, and he took a chunk out of the carriage down the street. This isn't the dwarf with the golden arms, by any chance? The very one, a Borodon. Ah, saw that coming. Uh, the lady said uh, the front of the shop blew up, then she quickly went into hiding, and when she came out, there was a large monster, and uh, she took a few shots at it. And Death Shift killed some more of the people and uh, took a few prisoner and then just took off. You say these people, you mean the monsters or someone else? I'm not too sure from the woman's description. It sounded like either cultists or people involved in the scene. I don't know. Hmm. Would this be the first time I've heard of Death Shift taking captives? Yes. It's not their usual mode of operandi. Normally they just blow shit up and leave. Yeah, I think that's why this one got a little bit more attention. Alright. I guess I'll go speak to the shop owner then. Keep looking around, see if you can find any evidence for why this happened here. So you start walking over to this dwarven woman who's just finishing up talking to another guard, and she has that classic, I want to see your manager hair, and so much jewelry. A Karen. Oh yeah, and she's just dressed real gaudy, and she looks over at you. Oh, hey there, hun. You another one of them there officers? Afternoon, ma'am. The name's Billowin Ferraminster Triskelaski Everstone Griff, but you can call me Bill Griff for short, much like myself. I understand you're the shop owner here? Yeah, I was running a real respectable business when this all went down. So I can see. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about what happened, in your own words, of course? Well, I was selling a, a panther amulet to the gentleman in the gold suit. Would that be a magic amulet, or just regular jewel? Do you sell magic items, or is this just a jewelry shop? Oh yeah, sure, it's buttons, it was magic, yeah. Uh, can I ask what it did? I just gave him some more presents, you know, made him a little bit more personable. He had really leathery skin, I think he could use it. Interesting. Okay, please do go on. Oh yeah, so he's trying on that there amulet, and then wouldn't you know it, the front of my shop just blows right off. These people are all screaming some jibber-jabber, but you know me, I hear an explosion, I hit the deck and went back into the safe room, that I did. Very smart. Did it look like they were targeting the man in gold directly, or were they just attacking the shop? Oh yeah, they definitely seem like they knew them, like there's a little bit of heat there. And you said jibber-jabber, did it sound like any language that you might have heard before but didn't understand, or was it just gibberish? Oh no, no, they're talking common, but they're just mad about something that Death Shift done did or something. I'm just not too sure I didn't catch all of it. Fair enough, mad. Sounds like a gang war if you ask me. It's just hooligans getting into drugs. Unfortunately, I can't say too much, man, but it sounds a bit more dangerous than a gang war. Mad about Death Shift. Do you know if my insurance is going to cover the damages? Unfortunately, ma'am, I do not know the answer to that question. That's one for the lawyers. I'm only here to find out what happened and to catch the people responsible. But, from what I understand, you did exactly what you should have done. So I don't see any reason why you shouldn't be paid out. You plan on catching those gentlemen? Actually, I think one of them's supposed to be coming back here tomorrow for an order. Oh, really? 
yeah, I needed a guitar pick, and I can't say no to a customer at the moment, even if he got my shop blown up, because I do need the money. That's completely understandable. At what time tomorrow is he due back? Oh, I'm not sure. Probably before we close tomorrow. I'm closing at 6.30, because, you know, gotta have dinner. Yesterday I was open pretty late. Okay. Uh, Ma'am, would you mind if I waited in the shop tomorrow for him to arrive? I have some questions for him. Oh, yeah, that's no problem. Of course, dear. Okay, I'll come back tomorrow more of that. In the meantime, so you ran back behind into the back of the shop. Uh, what happened afterwards? Well, I heard some monster screams and bang, bing, booms. I heard uh, a lot of shouts going on. And then uh, I pop open the door and there's the big old beastie and I give her a few shots. And then I, I look around after we beat the darn things and uh, the half-elf man just goes blip and suddenly there's another woman there and they tie her up and they tie up another young gentleman and half-elf comes back. They do a few purchases and skedaddle. So I assume then that the half-elf was the one who instigated the attack on your shop. Oh yeah, I think it was something he did, yeah. Excellent. And the lady who teleported in, was she human? Well, yeah, she had some spooky appendages coming out of her back, some tentacles. Don't know if she was exactly human, or maybe even she might have just been one of those one of those kids who's getting into all the magic drugs and getting mutated. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bad parenting, if you ask me. Yeah, that could very well be a possibility. Oh, and that there dwarfy was just striking them, saying, you don't need to talk, and just saying real crude words to them. It seemed like a mafia man, if you ask me, probably a criminal. He was striking his captives when they were tied up. Yeah, he was. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, whatever you came out, I assume then, based on your description, it sounded like the monsters were attempting to attack this death shift group and uh, you aided them in killing the big monster out there that's right yeah okay well, at least we know they weren't responsible for summoning the monsters as some people seem to believe oh have they summoned monsters before not that i'm aware of man okay i'm gonna have to tell my crib group i know i'm not one for spreading rumors but if it did come up in conversation i would let people know that they didn't in fact summon the monsters okay Okay, is there any other information you think might be pertinent to the investigations? Hmm. Well, now that I think about it, there was another person there, they had a bag on their head. That was the robe people brought them in. And they had a big old needle sticking out of their neck, looked darn dangerous. And Death Shift dragged that person away too, not too sure what that was all about. Death Shift's just taking everyone these days, I guess. Well, I can only imagine if these people attack them, they're probably trying to figure out why or where they're coming from. But mm. that's a job for the law, not for individuals. You said it was a medic, some sort of medical needle, like a syringe? Yeah, sticking right out of the person's neck. It was horrendous. Did anything seem to be in the syringe, or was it just there? There might have been something before. Not too sure I didn't see it. Okay, be sure to keep a lookout for that. Okay, man, thank you very much for your time. I'm going to have a look around here and just see if I can ascertain anything from the damage that's been done. Uh, but otherwise, I'll see you tomorrow then. I'll probably arrive relatively early in the morning and just hang around the shop for a while. Okay, I'll see you then, hon. Thank you very much. Sorry, what was your name, ma'am? Karen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. I mean, thank you very much for your time, ma'am. I'll speak to you soon. Mm-hmm. 
Alright, I'm just gonna have a look around the shop and out the front where the damage is done to see if I can try and work out what caused the damage, sort of magic was used. Make me an investigation check. Yep, that was slowly come up. Fifteen. So looking around, you take a look at these monsters. And one was this 15-foot-tall giant of a creature. It had no face, and it had uh, large muscles, carapace all over it, large clawed hands. And going on to the next one, there was no carapace, and it was smaller, but it was still quite muscular. And the last one was very thin and willowy, but these all seemed to be the same species of creature. Looking at the magic, it looks like a lot of it was just like a quick flash burn and a lot of force. So it definitely doesn't seem like they're using any fire, electricity, or cold. Uh, judging by the fact that Bordon was there, you're guessing that some kind of divine magic was used in this area. <laughs> Looking around, you see this yellowish putrid blood is leaking from the three creatures, and you also see normal blood, because there's a few dead cultists that are around here. You go up to one and see there's a lot of stab marks in them. It looks like some sort of multiple-pronged piercing weapon must have killed them. There was another that looks like it had their head completely crushed and caved in. Uh, but one thing that looks really weird about these dead cultists looking over them is they look very gaunt, like something was drained out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, just for future reference, I'm going to take detailed notes on them, just because I worry that any members of the cult who get investigated, their you know, reports may go missing. Mm-hmm. So I'm just taking detailed notes on all of their wounds. Uh, do you notice anything else of interest, or would that be pretty much all I could figure out from this crime scene? You do see another discarded syringe that's mm-hmm. on the ground. I will pick that up. It's quite large, and there doesn't seem to be any blood on it, but it is by an empty robe, which is strange. What sort of size is the robe? Like, halfling size, human size? Uh, human size. Alright, I'll have it. I'll investigate the syringe, have a look at it, see if I recognize anything on it. It looks a little bent, like it must have just been jabbed in there hard, and it looks like there's some traces of a yellowish liquid in it. Not something like the liquid isn't something I would recognize, any sort of drug that's going around or anything. Make me another investigation check. 26. Oh wow. (laughs) Looking at this and thinking about the different drugs that are popular right now and circulating through the area, it's not matching up with anything. Interesting. Alright, if that's all I could find, I'll head back over to Alex quickly. Yeah, he's crouched down near the largest of the creatures, and he just seems to be writing down notes and, like, poking and prodding at it. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone else around us, or is it quite... Uh, are we quite secluded, the two of us? You're a little spaced out. Like, the other cops are about 10 to 15 feet away. Okay. And Alex, as far as things have gone in the past, I still trust him. Like, he hasn't seemed weird recently. Yeah, he's definitely gotten a little more paranoid since Marty died, but he's been keeping in touch with you pretty regularly. Okay, I'm going to needle down with him as if I'm looking at the monster as well and pointing to things on it. And I'm going to whisper to him. Now, Alex, did the woman say anything to you about one of that Death Shift crew coming back here tomorrow? Uh, no, I didn't ask if they were coming back. Well, apparently one of them is. Don't let that on to anyone else, but if you're not busy tomorrow, depending on what your shift is, I'm coming back here to see if I can catch him and have a quick conversation with him. Okay. If you could if you could hang around as well, just to keep an eye on the street for me, make sure nobody pops up that's gonna intervene, I'd consider that a big favor. Yeah, I can definitely do that. I'm just on rounds tomorrow, so I'll just slip on by. Yeah, I don't know what time is coming, so if you could hang about for a bit, I'll be here first thing in the morning, keep an eye on the shop. 
And uh, obviously, not a word of this to anyone else. Of course, you got it. I nod. Spend another couple of minutes pretending to inspect the monster I've already looked at, and then I'll head off. So you finish up your investigation, and then you head home, and when you hit the bed, you are out cold, because you are exhausted. Boradon and Ronnie. So you two are waking up bright and early in the morning. You told the other members that you would go looking for this detective. Uh, how are you going about doing that? Uh, do we know where the police station is? Yeah, you would have been told. Okay, well, let's go there. <laughs> All right, so you guys eat and then head out pretty early. And Bill, while you're on your way to the station in the morning, you are walking up the street, and you see just further down the street there are two other figures coming towards the station. One, a half-elf man who's wearing a golden suit that is equally as blinding as the morning sun, and a dwarf walking beside him with arms that are just as shiny gold. Uh, b before, like, while we're, we were walking, I just say to Roni, no charm person. <laughs> it's literally all I know. It's my only, <laughs> it's my only tool. Can't take this away from me. Alright, so if I, if I see them, like, how close are we to the... Uh, precinct. You're probably each like a block away, so you're about two blocks away from each other. I'm immediately gonna start sprinting, but I'm gonna try and make it look like I'm sprinting down the road past them. <laughs> okay. And I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and like make it look <laughs> like I trip and collide into one of them, but I don't know how they'll react to me like running past them. Roll a deception. Well, funnily enough, one of the few things I'm not good at. Fourteen. All right, you two roll insight. I got eighteen. <laughs> I got a two. I got a critical <laughs> All right, so Ronnie, you just see a gnome running towards you. Happens. And Bordon, you can tell that this gnome is coming right your way, though he's trying to make it look like he's not. So I just tell that, like, to Ronnie, hey, it seems like that gnome is coming our way, and uh, I think we should ready ourselves. <laughs> for that? For that little guy? All right. <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> So if, if you're just readying yourself, like I'm, once I get like within a few feet, I'm gonna make it look like I trip, and just like fall into you, because I, I just want to get close enough to like say something to you without being overheard, but I don't want to make it look like I'm talking to you. Okay. When Bill trips, do you try to catch him, Bordon, or do you try to get out of the way? Ah, oh, as a cleric, I would catch him. <laughs> so yeah, you know, to please my God, yada yada. Yeah, you've been riding a bit of a fine line with Doomathorn lately. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was like, previously I was like lawful good, now I'm lawful neutral. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, so I, I try to, to catch him. Okay, I, I'm pretty much just going to tumble into the two of you, so if one of these catch me, I'll just like, Oh, terribly sorry, terribly sorry, and as I get close, he's like, Do not go to the police station. <laughs> Ronnie, you've heard this line many times in your life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Any reason not to? Where are you saying that? My name is Billowin Ferriminster Triskelaski Everstone Griff. I'm a detective who's been looking into your work around town. Wait, what is it again? Billowin Ferriminster Triskelaski Everstone Griff, but you can call me Bill Griff for short, much like myself. Okay. There are people in that station 
who believe, rightly or wrongly, that you are responsible for literally every single terrible thing that has happened in this city for the past however fucking long you've been here. Now, if you go in there, I can guarantee some very not nice things are gonna happen to you. Okay. Like, why, why should we trust you? I mean, and who are you? I mean, are you like... I don't know, are you like a police officer or... Like I just said, I'm a detective who's been looking into you guys. And I don't believe that you're what everyone has been saying you are. So, I'm warning you once. Do not go into the police station. I'm gonna head in, pretend that my day is normal, and then I'm gonna head to that jewelry store I was investigating yesterday, where I have it on a very good authority that one of the dwarves who was involved in that kerfuffle is gonna come back to the shop, where I'm hoping to speak to him. Hmm. I see. And then I turn to Ronnie. Should... Like... What, what do you think? Should we trust him? Well, uh, we were just looking for a detective. I don't know if this is the right one or not, but... I mean, as long as we get one of the detectives, I'm sure MZ will be fine with it. I like... Any, any detective, then. <laughs> any detective works for you. Okay. Okay. I mean... I mean, can, can I try to... You trying to see if I'm telling the truth? Yes, yes. Insight check. That, that's... Is in inside? Okay, okay. So that's what I, I'm going to roll for. Uh, so I got 17. Hey. It seems like he's being very honest with you. Okay, so I'll just tell that to Ronnie. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe we should listen to him then, Ronnie. I, sure, I mean, I already was. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't even care. Okay. Uh, so, detective guy. Um... It's, it's Bill. It's not Guy. Yeah, <laughs> Call the Bill. <laughs> Detective Guy walks by. Hey, Bill. Hey, Guy. <laughs> we, okay, well, we, we can maybe cooperate with you a bit, but we, we were looking for a detective to help us out. So, uh, you know, maybe if we play nice with you, you, you play nice with us and come and help us out. Like I said, I'm planning on heading to the jewelers that got blown up yesterday, where I have been told that a dwarf is going to come back to pick something up. I plan on talking to him. Whether or not that dwarf is listening, I shoot eyes at Borodon. <laughs> I, I, I like that it wasn't even me who asked for the pick. It was Ronnie, because I don't care about this shit. Because I'm like crazy rich and like gold. I mean, I'm clad in gold. I don't care about that. And then I, I just say... Okay, wink. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, wink. But the person who was going to come back, wink. Well, whether or not that dwarf wants to talk to me, he may have a chance then. But for now, I have to go inside and pretend I'm doing my damn job. So, okay, we're okay. We're going to come back to the jewelry tomorrow, right? Today. 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 <laughs> I, I don't understand. Words. Get your shit together. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. Bordon's little stress meter, it's usually at max, and now it's just smashing through the top there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay, today, not... At this point, I sort of stand back up on his arms, brush myself down, and say, I'm terribly sorry for that, but thank you for your help. Goodbye. And I run into the <laughs> precinct. Have a good one. Alright, so after you lovingly held that gnome for a few minutes... Uh... <laughs> Tenderly. Yeah. Do you two head off to the jewelers? Yeah, sure. 
So, Bill, as you walk into the station, it's a little more hectic than usual. There's a lot of paper switching hands. There are people shouting at each other. Orders are getting screamed across the office. And as you're just kind of making your way between people, you make it to your desk and you see a hell of a lot of paperwork. And you really don't want to do it. Yeah, I'll go in and just make a show of things, like doing a normal morning routine, whatever that involves. And then probably give it like half an hour or so and then let Percy know I'm heading him around. Yeah, he just sort of waves you off, like, All right, Bill, have a good one. I'll head off, make taking a uh, circumspect route to the jewelers, trying not to take like a very direct route. What's your passive perception? Passive perception is 20. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> okay, yeah, you see this. <laughs> so on your way, you actually see Alex. He's uh, kind of following a bit behind. He catches your eye and just nods to you as he sort of blends into the crowd. Very slight nod back. Sorry, when you said it, when you said that he was like, follow me, I was just picturing like upside down newspapers type thing. (laughs) (laughs) And it just has like a newspaper that's set up, little eye holes cut out in the face. Uh, But as you uh, walk on over, you make it through a few crowds, go through the market district, and you make it back to the jewelers. Looks like a lot of this area has been cleaned up. The bodies have been moved away, the blood's been washed, a lot of the rubble has been moved. Uh, looks kind of like a makeshift storefront now is there, and you see the other two are uh, here as well. And Ronnie, as you and Bordon are there, the woman turns towards you. Oh, hey there, dear. I got your pick. Uh, here you are, hun. And she sets it down on the half-destroyed counter. Okay, great. Um, how much was that again? I... Well, you already paid for it, hun. Uh, we did? Oh, okay. Great. I'm just going to pick it up and uh, put it somewhere on me. Well, you're a musician, and you had this suit custom-made, so you probably have, like, something in the front. Probably have a little spot for it, yeah. Yeah, you got a spot for your pick, and you got a spot for your gel pens. <laughs> right. Right, yeah. And just as you're looking over this pick, uh, you two actually see Detective Bill come on up to the shop. Is that the same guy? Yeah, it's not Detective Guy, though. Oh. <laughs> Detective Bill. Detective Guy's doing his oh. drawings. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll come into the shop. It's like, morning, Miss Karen. Oh, hello there, Bill. This here is uh, the gentleman from yesterday. Ah, yeah, they match the descriptions. Uh, I, I know this is asking a lot of you, man, but would you mind if we stepped into your back room to have a conversation in private? Well, of course, I'm an upstanding member of the community, so I will help the law any way I can. That is much appreciated, ma'am. And I'll just sort of like nod to the two of you and like gesture to the back room. <laughs> So she takes the key out and unlocks this door at the back, and it looks like it opens up into like this uh, this room with two vaults in it, or safes, I mean. And uh, you see, there's just like a lot of jewelry and stuff back here. There's a few chairs and stuff like that. It, like it's a comfortable room that you could sit in. Yeah, I'll wait till we're all inside and then just lock it from the inside so nobody can barge in. I stand by the door. <laughs> I st- I take that chair, of course. <laughs> I knew you would. Yeah. Now, gentlemen, thank you for coming back. As I said this morning, my name is Billow and Ferriminster Triskelaski Everstone Griff, and I am a detective in this city. As I said, I've also been assigned to investigate most of the trouble you've caused. But, through my investigations, I don't think that you are the root cause of those problems. I think you just happen to be there a lot of the times. So, you said you wanted my help with something. Can I ask what that is? We need you guys... Like, at least, like one detective bill not yeah of course not guy bill like to go to waterdeep and to investigate uh like the cult that's there 
I don't know if you're aware, but we have our own cult problems here. You guys will have, like, even greater problems there? Yeah, we were told that, um, basically all of Waterdeep is, is this these cult guys now, and they may be flowing more guys into your city. So it seems like whatever guys are coming here are probably coming from there. Um... But we, we got some other, like, kind of more important stuff to do. Uh, so we can't really can't really go to Waterdeep right now. We kind of just need someone to go there and, and see what's going on and uh, report back. Well, there are a couple of problems with this. One, I'm not a detective in Waterdeep. I'm a detective here. If I go to Waterdeep, I will just be a guy. I can't really do much in terms of investigating. Second of all, if I do leave here and go to Waterdeep, I lose my job. Hmm. That, that That's a sacrifice we are willing to make. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not one I'm willing to make, unless you give me a damn good reason. Because, like I said, we have our own cult problems here. One that you keep seem to get involved with. We keep, like, destroying the cult. We keep, like, killing the cultists. Like, we are trying really hard, like, to, to remove all the cultists from the city. Just to eradicate the cultists. That's That's what we're trying to do. I mean, among other things. How many times exactly have you spoken to a member of the Guard and told them what's happening and asked for their help? Like, given or taking, I, I would say zero. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm aware. So what you're doing currently is kidnapping people and then telling us they're cult members. Unfortunately, we don't uh, have any proof of that. Well, that's good for us, right? No, <laughs> no <laughs> it isn't. Because <laughs> like I said, there are a lot of people, my boss included, who believe that you are the one starting all the fights. They believe you are the one summoning the monsters, and because you have never once contacted a member of the Guard to tell them what's happening, we have no proof that says otherwise. Why Why haven't they, like, stormed our HQ then? Uh, this is one for you, because do we know where their HQ is? Yeah, you do know where their headquarters are. There is a kind of like a shaky alliance between the city and the Chosen. The Chosen help mm-hmm. deal with a lot of these big monsters because a lot of people who have to deal with them end up going crazy if they don't have this symbol or a really strong will like Bill. But lately, uh, especially since the Chosen took such a large hit, they haven't really been able to do a lot. And that's why the guards have been overwhelmed with requests. Mm-hmm. So obviously this is a weird one, but because I know obviously with my boss changing and stuff like um, they're obviously trying to pin a lot of this on Death Shift so would there be a reason that they, this guy wouldn't have just sent a bunch of the guard to their HQ to arrest them? More than likely it's uh, partially political and partially they don't want just the mass destruction because mm-hmm. the Chosen are quite powerful and they do help the city but there's also a number of members who are either for or against the Chosen. The Prince is for the Chosen and uh, some of the noble houses, but there's also senators and other nobles who believe the Chosen are actually the cause of all these monsters, because mm-hmm. when the Chosen showed yeah. up, so did all the monsters. It's the Batman problem. Yeah. Yeah, so and to, to go back to actually answer Borodon's question, the short answer is because you're one of the Chosen. The Guard can't move against the Chosen openly. But they can go against a handful of you who keep getting involved in devil summoning and creatures if we can prove it, which is what my boss is trying to make me do. Demon summoning? These monsters that have been appearing, we don't know what they are. A bunch of people are calling them devils, the creatures. Oh, sure. So anytime we show up and uh, just because we have to fight against like those creatures, they think there were like, okay... Like, the, the mentality is we're summoning those creatures, getting beaten by them, 
and then killing them just for fun? No, see, you're missing the point here. How many witnesses do you think survive each one of these encounters? More than there, there would be dead. No, I'm you're not answering sure. the questions. <laughs> How many witnesses do you think survive? I don't count. Yeah, not many. So what a lot of people are saying is, because there aren't many witnesses, what a lot of people are saying is that you're the one summoning the creatures to kill cultists. Because I don't know if you're aware of this, but in this city, a lot of people think the cult are doing great things. So whenever a bunch of monsters turn up and you're there and there's a fight with a cult, a lot of people are siding with the cult. Doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't to you because you're on one side of it. I'm having to look at both. What is happening is you guys keep getting involved with fights. A bunch of monsters keep appearing and then a bunch of people are left dead in the street and you run away every time. So to the onlooker, it looks like you're summoning the monsters, killing a bunch of people and then leaving. So you want to... You want to learn about the... What, what's your what's your goal here? Something happened to my boss recently. A new guy has come in who I do not trust, and this new guy is a big fan of the cult. He's also not a big fan of you. Hmm. Hmm. I have a sneaking suspicion he's a part of the cult, and he is adamant that I have to find proof that you guys are the ones summoning the monsters. Because there are plenty of people saying that. Well, how about we do this? Uh, why, don't, why don't we just say that we went to Waterdeep? And, uh, we'll, uh, I don't know, forge some kind of, some kind of memo saying, ah, Chosen's off to Waterdeep, and then we'll give that to you. You can say it's, uh, some of your evidence there. You take that back to your boss, now you're going to Waterdeep. That's pretty fucking crafty. <laughs> Ronnie, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but from what I've heard of you so far... That's pretty surprising coming from you. <laughs> you tell no, me. Deception. I got a bunch of deception. <laughs> that might actually work, and it might get. The problem is, I scan. I still don't particularly want to leave this city when there are so many bad things going on. Like I said, I believe the cult may have infiltrated our police force, and there are only a handful of the good guys left. If you think I have to go to Waterdeep, I'll have to consider it. But do you have any proof, any evidence that me going there will help? Did. What was it we found that they said was coming from Waterdeep? Well, when you captured those two people, um, you had found out from them, because you had one of them charmed, that uh, great things were happening in Waterdeep. Uh, they had most of the city under their sway. They were coming up with uh, different monsters there. They'd moved their base of operations there. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to think we have actual evidence of that, though. Just the two cultists you have imprisoned. Oh, right, they're still in prison. Okay. So that's why I just whispered to, to Roni, Charm person, now. Natural twi or you know, 20 passive perception. <laughs> We're in a tiny room. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So can I use uh, persuasion on him? So, like, what would you like to say? What are you trying to persuade him to do? That since he already trusts, like, trusts us. <laughs> he should, well, he should trust us, like, once again. I mean, I don't know. We don't have any proof. I mean, there's a, there's a difference between me trusting you and me distrusting my boss. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't mutually exclusive. <laughs> okay, so I, ro I roll with advantage, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, like, so... Bill trusts you, and he, like he brought you here, he saved you from going to the police station. Like he, 
he went out of his way to help you and he's here trying to work with you and he wants to work with you he's, he's shown that much but basically what he needs from you is like what are the benefits of him going to water deep uh, what are what's the negatives um you know what kind of proof do you have that this stuff's actually happening in water deep so that he should go spend his time like traveling all the way there yeah like like you've told me that the people coming to our city are coming from Waterdeep, but I'm a detective. I have no reason to believe that's true because I haven't. You've not given me any evidence other than you telling me that's the case. Yeah, like you have two people that know this, so basically your evidence is the prisoners that you have. Yeah, it's just Telltale right now. So I mean, it's it's hard. So that's why I was going to use persu- pers- persuasion. I mean, I would say even if you did like roll a high persuasion, all that's going to do is make me believe that you're being honest in that you believe I should go there but it's still not going to give me a reason to go there other than you asking me to I guess because it would be me saying alright well he says I should go there but the other side is I need to keep my city safe but I would explain why I mean I wouldn't just roll persuasion and just yeah that's it like you're already in good standings with him you could just say why or we can just yeah we can just say we can like set up a meeting with him and uh, and someone from HQ with the two prisoners yeah, you could definitely do that. I don't see why not, right? Yeah, we we can do that, I guess. I mean, but it doesn't it doesn't mean it's true anyway, right? I mean, he he can trust us, but I mean, uh... well, it's more. I mean, it's as much as we know, though. I mean, that's more true than the whole point as well. Is I'm a detective, so you know, getting the truth out of people is generally what I do. So have Bill been um, investigating the cult as well, or it's just like mostly us? If you're asking that in character. But he would explain that, like, I've been told to investigate you, but because I don't trust my boss and I don't trust the cult, I've been trying to look at both, but obviously, with my boss not wanting us to investigate the cult, I don't have a lot of information on them. Like, I can't go and investigate them, because if I did, I'd lose my job. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Okay. Okay, well, uh, why don't we, uh, call down, call down someone from HQ, and, uh, we'll get, we'll get to meeting with the guys who told us these uh, guys we captured who said that they're uh, HQs up in Waterdeep and they're sending guys over and all that. And maybe you'll uh, at least you'll believe them. These are the captives from the fight yesterday. Yeah, a couple. The the ones that survived, yeah. Mm. If it'll help convince me of what you're saying is true, I'd be more than happy to talk to them. But I have to emphasize again, you shouldn't be taking captives in my city. Well, uh... I mean, you know, this was just going to happen either way. <laughs> I just, I'm just saying I have to tell you that as a detective. I'm going to talk to them, but careful what you're doing. You're not making yourselves look any more innocent. All right, we'll just kill them next time. I mean, that will not help. <laughs> <laughs> Can't take them captive. Can't kill them. <laughs> so you have those communication spheres if you want to contact someone from HQ. All right, get on, get on the ringer there. This is Quintos. Hello, Quintos. Um, I guess we need to talk to Elwyn. Alright, is there any reason why? Uh, yeah, we just need to set up a meeting with him and and one of these detective guys we found. Alright, I'll patch you through just one second. Patch him through now! Now! I told you what to do! Alright, he'll be with you in just one second. And quickly you hear the sounds of paper shuffling. Hello, this is Elwyn. Who is this? It's Ronnie. 
and uh, Borodon and Detective Bill. And uh, you still have those guys we brought in yesterday, right? Yes, we still have them, Captain. Okay, uh, we need this detective guy to go and talk to them. Uh, to basically just tell him exactly what we just told him. Uh, but apparently it's a real big difference if it comes from them. Well, Ronnie, that makes sense. He needs to speak to these prisoners himself. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't make sense to me, but okay. Alright, just bring him on down. Right now, I'll get things set up. Alright, bye. Take care. Now, as I said, there are people out there who want me investigating you, so I'm not gonna travel down with you. You head on, I'll, I'll follow on behind. Don't want to make it look like I'm coming in with you. Okay. Is it okay for you to come to our HQ? Absolutely not, but like <laughs> okay. I said, I don't trust my boss, so this uh, is a risk I'm taking on your behalf. Let's just see if I can, um, like, enchant him or something. Like, to, to maybe put, like, a... a not like a costume, but you know something. Oh, like dress him up to look something different or invisible. Not invisible, but you know, oh, I got invisibility. I can make him invisible. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can do that, but it's it's not for long though. It's for an hour. Right? It's for an hour. Oh, it's an hour. Yeah. Oh, if if it doesn't attack, then. Well, it probably won't happen on the way back. <laughs> yeah, as long as he doesn't stab anyone in the town, he should be okay. fine. Yeah. Okay. 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 I mean, that would be helpful, but if you don't want to waste the magic, I am a detective. I know how to make myself, you know, invisible in my own ways. All right. Uh, yeah, sure. We'll just meet you back. I still think it may, like, bring you trouble, but yeah. Okay. If I get found out, I will absolutely be in trouble. I might be able to lie my way out of it, but I'm taking a risk here. I believe that you believe I should be in Waterdeep. I'm taking a risk to find out whether or not that's true. Alright, so Ronnie and Bordon, you'll go on ahead as per usual, but Bill, make me a stealth check. At 14. Which is really annoying because I get a plus 10. <laughs> so Bill, you start wandering through the streets, and you think you're doing a pretty good job. You at least don't see anyone seeing you, so, I mean, that tells you something. And as you make your way following Death Shift from a distance... You see that you're starting to go into this temple district. There's a lot of grand buildings to all the different religions and faiths of the city. And as you're walking along, you come up to this building that is kind of a dome-like structure. And it has these large pillars out at the front that seem to be like holding up a bit of the front. And going up these stairs, you see there are these two beautiful glowing figures. They are made completely out of white energy and are wearing this gleaming silver armor with these energy swords on their side. They look down at you, Bill, and you can hear these voices just, like, reverberate through the air. Are you Detective Billowin, who is coming here for the meeting? Shh! Yes! Ah, sorry. Please come inside. And they open up the door. As the doors open up into this area, you see something that you weren't quite expecting. This whole main commons area is filled with 
books upon books. There are so many shelves that line the walls, create little sections in this area. Large tables are sprawled out everywhere. You see there are tons of people in here researching. You see three dwarves sitting at a table shouting at one another while this giant fish hook is sitting between them. It's probably about the size of you and it's submerged in water and softly glowing blue. Over to your right you see there are these humanoid fish-like creatures splayed out on these tables. They're clearly dead and people are poking and prodding them. You heard rumors of monsters like this being somewhere in the city, but you had never been able to actually confirm it. And you see there is like this giant, almost jellyfish-like creature that's floating along with multiple books floating around it. You see a man, he's chasing after different versions of himself, screaming at them, and he sounds very similar to the person who came over the communication sphere. You look around and you see that there is a person who appears to be a wizard and looks like he's doing skateboarding tricks off to the side and there's just an exasperated elven woman who's just staring at him like what am i supposed to be looking at and you look over and you finally find ronnie and bordod who are standing amidst this chaos and standing with him is this like anthropomorphic tiger person you've seen a few of these wandering around sanctuary that you're never quite sure what they were he's wearing these burnt orange robes and he has this glasses that are just pushed up the bridge of his nose ah greetings you must be detective billwin would i uh, just because he's like in charge of this group would i know of him ahead of time or is this my first time hearing about this guy you know a few names, like there's the woman Astoria, she's an elven woman who leads, she's really the public face. Mm -hmm. She often goes around with her wife Sven, and they go talk to politicians, talk to strategists, and uh, just really inform the people about what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a few other names popping around your head, but you're not quite sure who this is. I'll follow them. I don't believe we've been formally introduced. My name is Lord Elwyn Velathmere. It's a pleasure to meet you, Elwyn, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to come in today. Of course, and I apologize for the problems we've been causing. I trust you understand the nature of our work and often unsettle the minds of those who have a harder time dealing with these things. I understand the need, sir, but my only concern is that a lot of the time, when questions go unanswered, people make up their own answers. Right now, a lot of these problems in the city are being attributed to these fine gentlemen. I don't believe that's the case, but because nobody talks to us, we don't have any answers to give people. Yes, I'll make sure that we're more proactive on this. Our leader was very injured in the attack recently, and she has yet to recover. This is the attack at New Dawn. That's correct. Dorm and her forces showed up, and she personally rained down meteors upon that city. Would I know about that, or is this news to me? I mean, you saw the meteors fall down from the sky, but you didn't know it was Dorm herself. Interesting. I didn't realize she was involved directly in that. It's very rare for her to pay any attention to anyone else, but she seemed to be quite angry and wished for revenge, so... Not really surprised. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. He looks at you with a bit of a smirk and nods to you as he leads you to a door and he puts his hand out to it and this handprint just appears where his hand sets down and a little sigil traces around it and then the door starts opening as he then leads you down a set of stairs. 
So, Bordon and Ronnie, you have known that the Chosen have a place where they keep creatures and prisoners, but you've never actually been here. And as you're going down there, you see that these cells are filled with all sorts of creatures and people. There's some people that are half-transformed, dragging along these engorged limbs, or there's a person with a, their face split open in three parts, and these grayish-purple tentacles are coming down. And you look, and you see it looks like instead of bars, there's layers of magic that are keeping these beings in. It's like shimmering in front of these cells. And when the one being with the face split into three, three sees you they just charge forward and they just bounce off the wall and sparks come off and you see just all sorts of strange creatures down here you see there's even a smaller version of one of the shoggoth that you fought in new dawn and but this one's only like six feet tall instead of 30. So it takes some time, but you go down the hallway a bit and you finally come up to this cell where two people are sitting in it. One is a woman who is just sitting on the side of a bed. These two large tentacles are coming out of her back and sort of lazily just playing along the floor. And the other is a young man. He looks like he has a bit of a beard and he's just rocking back and forth in the corner with his head between his knees. These are the two that Deathshift brought in that we got the information from. We found out that Waterdeep is being mostly converted to the Church of the Shining God, and this poses a grave danger to Sanctuary. Unfortunately, our allies are few and far between, so we thought that it would be best to look into some of the law enforcement that wish to protect this city and see if they could help us investigate Waterdeep. Well, it's certainly a change of pace, I can say that much. Can they hear me through the barrier? Yes. If I, I just imagine I was about to describe myself doing this, but does it look like this magic would hurt me if I touched it from the outside? You're not sure. Well, not knowing any better, <laughs> I'm gonna step up to the one outside the cell with the fella in it, and I'm just gonna reach my hand up and like wrap on the outside of the magic as if it's just a door. <laughs> So it feels strange when you hit it, almost like you're hitting gelatin. Mm -hmm. And your hand tingles a little bit, like it's going a little numb, Shit. and it makes a really weird sound like... Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, shake my hand off. Like, Sam, can you hear me in there? Uh, yeah. What's your name? Uh, Rory. Oh, Rory. I understand these gentlemen here have been... I've had a few questions for you now. I hope you don't mind, but I have a few of my own. Would you be willing to talk to me? Make a persuasion check. I have 13. Uh, I guess, but who are you? My name's Billowin Faraminster Triskeleski Everstone Griff, or you can call me Bill Griff for short, much like myself, on the account of being a gnome. I'm a detective here in the city. Oh man, I'm in trouble with the cops too? Now son... I don't mean to disparage you, but I'm pretty sure these guys here are a much bigger problem for you. <sighs> I am having words with him, and I want to make sure, and I, at this point I give a look to Elowen, that all the prisoners here are treated properly, in line with how any prisoner should be treated in the city, regardless of how many limbs they have. Okay, okay, so like, we're not just gonna die? I'm gonna make sure that isn't the case. You gotta keep that dwarf away from me, man. He was holding a jewel and I, I didn't even remember who I was. I just wanted that jewel. I don't know what that means, so I've gotta go <laughs> past it. Now, I understand there was a bit of a kerfuffle yesterday that you were involved in. Yeah, that was, that was super wild. Yeah, having seen the aftermath, I'd say wild is an understatement. 
Now, can you tell me why you were involved, son? You don't seem to enjoy this type of thing. Why were you there? Well, um, I'm a med student, and it's super expensive, so my family didn't have the money, but the church said they paid for my education, and, and they did. And, and then, so, like, I just had to work part-time in a lab down by the docks, and then those guys came with all their buddies, and they just, like, killed so many people, man. And it was, it was crazy, and then we were running away from there, and, and then this lady here says, we, we gotta go back, and we got a prisoner, and she injects one of my buddies with something, he turned into a fucking monster, man, like... I don't even- I'm not even graduated, so I don't even have the money to afford a lawyer or anything. Oh, son, again, I don't mean to disparage you, but I don't think these boys go in for the lawyer types. Now, can you tell me, what were you working on in the lab? Uh, we were replicating, um, the parasite that's on these weird people's left hands. When he says weird people, does he point at these two, or is that just a general statement? Yeah, and it's got my knowledge that the Chosen have a symbol on their left hand. Mm-hmm. Do it, is it common knowledge as to why? Or is it just like, we just know they have it? People just think it's attributed to their weird powers, like those with the mark will have strange abilities. Fair enough. Now, were you told why you were trying to replicate that, or what you were doing with it? No, it was just like, make it happen, and like, they're paying for my school, so I didn't want to ask a bunch of questions. Now, son, I understand why you've done that, but... I should recommend asking some questions might help in the future, because... Just doing things to make money when you need it... And quite often leads to trouble, because if you don't know what these guys were using these parasites for, well, you're still responsible when they use it to hurt people, regardless of whether or not you knew. What? Yeah. Now, these boys mentioned something to do with Waterdeep. Do you know anything about Waterdeep? I had an uncle from Waterdeep. <laughs> but the boss lady probably knows more. Okay. Now, Rory, thank you very much for your help. I'll be having a word with these gentlemen. And if possible, I'll be getting them to move you into a more comfortable location. But I can't promise anything. I have very little power here, unfortunately. Okay, thanks, Bill. But thank you for your help. And I'll walk over to the other cell. And Ronnie, when you heard him say, don't just do things for money, ask questions, you had like a hundred flashbacks. <laughs> just so just many bad decisions. Yeah, PTSD, Vietnam flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, I'll step over to the woman's cell. Similar, similar thing, rap on the magic again. Ma'am, can you hear me? You see her tentacles are sort of flicking and sliding back and forth a lot like a cat's tail. And as she looks up at you, you see her eyes are completely blood red and she has these tears of blood coming down as she's just smiling up at you. Ma'am, can you hear me in there? I can hear you loud and clear, Billowin. Uh, can I ask your name? The name's Tracy. Uh, thank you, Tracy. My name's Bill. Now... You seem to have an extra pair of limbs there. Can you tell me where they came from? Magic. Just nods slowly. <laughs> I see. Now, were you involved in this kerfuffle yesterday? Hmm. I might have been. Helpful. Sometimes you gotta give him a bit of a prod. Now I cast Charm Person. <laughs> Alright, Wait, wait, wait. Aren't those like barriers, like magic, like magic barriers that would prevent magic to? It lets magic go in, but it doesn't let magic go out. It's a one-way mirror for magic. Oh, oh, I see. Uh... Oh well, no, failed that check. So when I see you, when I see you cast that, I kind of look over, and it's like, now Ronnie, 
<laughs> I'm just going to say, I know why you did it, but we don't know if what she says is truthful just because she's charmed. For all we know, she's only telling us what you want her to say. Ronnie's a close friend of mine. We go way back. <laughs> now, ma'am, I know that's a lie. <laughs> she just winks at you. See what I mean? It's not the truth serum. She just says what she thinks you want to hear. Yeah, but I want, what I want to hear is the truth. Doesn't matter. If she <laughs> thinks the truth would upset you, she's not going to say it. I have been a detective in this city for a long time. <laughs> I know how charm person works, and I know why it's dangerous. But by all means, let's see what she says. Okay. <laughs> and I go for a high five. <laughs> I just shake my head. <laughs> now, unfortunately... Because of the way this works, you're going to have to ask the question, son. Uh, what was it you were saying to us yesterday about uh, Waterdeep? Things are going great in Waterdeep. Yeah. Yeah. Can, with, yeah. With, well, with what? Well, I don't really feel like talking in front of the cops, Ronnie. Oh, I got you. One, one second. Can you, can you just turn around for a second? I roll my eyes and turn my back. <laughs> no, 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 no. The other, the, the girl, the lady. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, she looks a little confused, but she turns around. Turns around? Okay, I want to cast Invisibility on the gnome. <laughs> I'll let you, but when you do it, all you, all you hear is... <sighs> <laughs> Alright, turn back around. Look at that, no more cops. Oh, wow, that did the trick. You know how to get rid of the cops fast. You'd be really helpful in the church, Ronnie. Yeah. <sighs> church trying to get rid of cops? I wouldn't say that. It's more get rid of the ones that aren't very helpful for the city. Hmm. Hmm. You know how it is. No, could you explain it? Well, I don't know a lot of the specifics, but sometimes these cops don't pay attention to the citizens and instead try to incriminate us and then they just disappear mm. the church is just looking out for everyone right right and that uh, church is growing huh it right. has never yeah. been better mm. our mm. numbers are sky high how, how many uh, you know I can't count very high but like how high you, you, you're talking right now I don't know the specific numbers but quite a bit there was a lot of homeless here in the city. We offer them free healing, food, a job, education, and of course they'll help. Mm. They know that we're doing the right thing and looking out for the common person, unlike this city's officials. Same goes with Waterdeep. The just giant gap between the wealthy and the poor? Horrifying. Now half the city has joined our flock, and we are putting things right. We are making things better. For everyone. Hmm. 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 Okay. Um, I wanted to do a little whisper if there's anything else. Is there anything else you needed to know? If she knows anything about who's running the show in Waterdeep, some names I could look into. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who are your, uh, who are the bosses up in Waterdeep? Why, the ringmaster, of course. He has been leading the flock. Doing so well. He's a blade of the church, and it's been going so well since he got the hammer of Maradon. And when you hear that board on, it's basically someone saying they just found the hand of God. Your stomach just drops. Okay. I mean, like they've got the hammer of God, 
It is literally the hammer of God. <laughs> yeah, it is the hammer of the God who forges worlds. Do anything with that there, Bordon? No. To keep going? No. Okay. Yeah, the color is just drained. Mm. All right. Uh, that's another word I don't really understand. Um, but... It's an artifact, Ronnie. Very powerful. Makes things happen. Oh, okay. Makes, makes stuff happen. Gotcha. Worth a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Like, shouldn't we ask her about, like, the like the chief uh, detective? Like, uh, oh, that's uh, Bill's smart. boss? Yeah, I mean... Chief police. Yeah, the chief of police. I mean, since Bill's already has, you know, like, uh, some suspicion yeah, about yeah, him, yeah. so maybe we can clear that. Yeah, I tug on Ronnie's sleeve to get him to lean down <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Ask her about Giles in the police station. Hmm. Hey, uh... Do you know do you know what Giles down at the police station? I don't know about any at the police station, but I know Giles, who's one of the blades of the shining god, one of our most revered holy members. Well, it's there's definitely probably only one person named Giles around here, so that must be the same person. Uh, <laughs> Have you met him before? Usually has combed over hair, real crisp suit, real friendly guy. Okay. May- maybe. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Um Okay. Giles Jordan Pete is his name. <laughs> Giles Jordan Pete. <laughs> Here's his, his number. And <laughs> we have his uh, birthday, his yeah. star sign, where yeah. he's from. These are all questions that were actually asked before. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, maybe, because this is a lot. If you could just, uh, maybe in the next hour or so, if you could just, like, uh, keep jotting some stuff down about just like there's any other any other people you're remembering why do you want to know that oh i'm gonna go and apply at the church up in Waterdeep for a bit roll deception with advantage because she wants to believe you this is great news for her and then uh before that i'll use um guidance oh great yeah (laughs) exactly you can do this ronnie 22 <laughs> plus 4 on both either of those. 26 ish. Or, oh, 1d4 plus a 1. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, you don't know how long we've been trying to get you, the disruptor, to join our ranks. This, this will change everything. These fools, they don't appreciate you. They don't realize how powerful and amazing your abilities really are, Ronnie. I I am pretty amazing, yeah. I'll be honest, I'm more concerned about Ronnie switching sides than, like, the, the hammer of... Yeah, I'm still invisible, but I'm not looking at Ronnie with a raised eyebrow tapping my foot. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if I wanted to meet this, uh, this head guy with the hammer, could you get me in? I could definitely write a letter of recommendation. That, that would be really good. Yeah. All right. I think that's I think that's all we needed. All right. So she gets a pen and paper, writes it up pretty quick and gives it to you. And I imagine you're all done talking to her now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have nothing else to ask her. So while you're walking away, you suddenly hear, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so you all make it back up there. And Bill, Giles Jordan Pete is definitely the name of Police Chief Giles. Yeah. Now... As I've said, I'm a detective. I have to work within the bounds of the law. I can't just wander into the police station and murder my boss. I can't, for example, wait for him to leave the police station, follow him home, 
and murder him. That's not something I would be able to do as a member mm. of the police force. Mm. And I'm just like you... staring at the two of you at this point. <laughs> are you suggesting? Are you? Are I am you suggesting, suggesting nothing. I am just stating facts. I am a man of God. I would never wait. Uh, forget it. Okay. <laughs> I just, I, as he, as he's happily said that, as he's happily said, I just look back down the stairs. The two people currently in cages. I'm like drenched in blood. Yeah. You know, like my hammer full of dents, and you know. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, wait, wait. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. Been there, done that. Yeah. Maybe I could introduce you to my close personal friend Rory. I hear he's out of work right now. <laughs> On that note, can I suggest Rory does not seem to be dangerous. Could he be moved to a more comfortable location, or is that the only place you have to keep captives? Currently, this is all we have. We had more comfortable lodgings in New Dawn, but they were destroyed. Well, can I suggest a mattress at least? Yes, we will look into getting him some more comfortable lodgings. Uh, the other one, I don't really care about. She seems to be a bitch. <laughs> she appears to be turning into something else far worse, so we're keeping an eye on her. Good. But yeah, as I said, I can't move against my boss, as I would promptly be arrested. As, like I said, I believe he's not the only one in our precinct who has been changed. So I know Ronnie can't write this up, so Bordon, I imagine you're the one writing up the missive saying, like, Death Shift is heading to Waterdeep to investigate the cult. Sure, I can do that. Hey, you don't need to roll anything up for this. You're just writing a missive, right? Uh-huh. I mean, and I'm sort of like... I've done that like a gazillion times, right? Yeah. Yeah, so this looks absolutely amazing because royalty, they spent so much time on writing well <laughs> that, you know, Bordon just crafts this beautiful letter signing someone else's name on there and handing it on over. And Ronnie just... This was not in <laughs> Ronnie's skill set, let's just say. <laughs> or, yeah. Or read I, yeah. I take the memo I take the, the memo or missive whatever and immediately like, scrunch it up as if it's been thrown away and then mm. unscrunch it and then put it in my pocket. Do we have to make it like to be more trustworthy, you know, like to be more like this missive to be even like more real? Yeah, that's a good idea. So Ellen will like do a wax seal with a ring on it and then he'll you guys just crack it open to make it look like you found this. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, actually, what I'll do is, is there, like, an open flame in here anywhere? Like a torch or a fire or something? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to singe the edges of it so it's still, like, you know, almost completely readable, but I'm going to singe it to make it look like somebody tried to destroy it, but I've I've rescued it. All right, sounds good. So it looks like you have everything set up. Okay, I'm going to show this to my boss. I'm going to tell him that you are. I have uncovered that you're heading to Waterdeep to do something there, and then I'm going to try and go there myself, because from what I've heard... It probably looks like the most dangerous place to be. So, I'll just ask again, do you really want us to kill... Um, I never suggested Giles? anything of the sort. <laughs> by, by all means, by all means. But let's say that he sleeps and fell like down the stairs and break his neck. Um, I just like stare want... at you like dead. <laughs> um, I was like, I'm a detective of this city. I cannot suggest that you murder anyone, oh, no, especially no, no, no. not my boss. Wink. But what I'm saying is, would that, like, if, if this happens, would that please you? Like, Bordon, I have not known you very long, but can I just say, Wild. you are thick as two short planks. <laughs> Bordon is just not a criminal at heart, he's a man of the law. <laughs> Doesn't understand, yeah. I, I, look at El, I look at Elwyn and it's like, 
You just heard that my current boss is one of the higher-ranking members of the church. Can it be assumed that something is going to be done about that? We will be investigating this. We cannot actively have the chief of police working against us. And see how I didn't have to ask for him to do anything? <laughs> I see. I mean, I, I wasn't... And Ellen says, Wink. <laughs> 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 Alright, well, thank you for coming to me about this. I'm sure... I'm sure I'm gonna have to try and do something about it. Hmm. Oh, oh. oh Ronnie, gi gi give him, like, the, the Colt's medallion. Colt? Uh, yeah, sure. I think I have one around here somewhere. Just opens his pocket and a whole bunch of <laughs> fallouts. <laughs> they keep sending me these, I don't know why. Some weird magazine subscription? <laughs> uh, isn't... Isn't like that scrying staunch? Would that be helpful to uh... the one Emzy gave you? Yeah, isn't it like to to prevent uh, like? It would prevent some basic level scrying. Like anyone tries to do a locate person or anything like that, it, it would prevent it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think this. I I would need this stone for now, right? So I, I just, I just give him like this stone as well. While that's very kind, Bordon, I do have my own. And I pull out my amulet oh. of uh, proof against detection and uh, non-whatever it was. That's a very fancy amulet. Okay. Yeah, spent an entire episode getting that. <laughs> <laughs> I head back to the precinct and head to Giles' office, knock on the door. So going through the precinct, you hear just a ton of people going like, and how many are dead? Like 40? A blender? What the hell? Uh, yeah, and every so often you hear like the word docks and harbor and all that kind of stuff. If I hear that on the way through, I'll grab someone running past and say, what's happened? What, what about so many people dying? Oh, man, like down at the docks, like the, a door blew up, a warehouse, there was an underground lair underneath this fishery, and there's like 40 dead people down there. It was horrific. Like Some of them are really ripped apart. Is it tied to the cults in any way, or do we know what it's about? Still not 100% sure, but we are looking into it. It is insane. I head to Giles' office grumbling something about Death Shift. So you head on over to his office, and you see a few people leave, and he just looks frustrated, just staring a thousand miles away. And when he sees you, his face just brightens up. Ah, Detective Billowin, good news, I hope. Well I, well, I hope so as well. I hear something's going on down at the docks. Another massacre has happened to our fine city, and lo and behold, it looks like it's being linked to Death Shift again. Many people are dead. That's awful, but uh, I do have some news on Death Shift, actually. Oh, really? Yes, while carrying out my investigations, I came across this, and I slide the missive. It looks like they attempted to destroy it after it was received, but I managed to rescue it. So he grabs the letter, and the first thing he does is checks this wax seal, and his eyebrow goes up a bit, like, oh. And as he's reading over it, Waterdeep. Really? Interesting. Alright. Looks like it. That is news. No one was aware of this. Hmm. It looks like the decision was only made recently. So we could catch up to them if we wanted to. I mean, if you want me to, I can try and follow them there. <sighs> you understand these people are dangerous, Bill. They've killed many, many people. I have seen the aftermath of every single one. I'm aware of how dangerous they can be. I want you to get a team together. Just a few people. Enough to try to track down and hunt Death Shift. 
And when you get to Waterdeep, be sure to report to the police there. They should be able to help you. Can I get some sort of uh, missive for the precinct in Waterdeep just to let them know that I'm there on official business? Of course, yes. I'll, I'll pen something up for you. Thank you, Giles. I'll go and get the preparations made. And Detective, good work. We might just catch Death Shift yet. So there I was, standing, in my organization inside an organization that was founded to fight the injustices of the world. That's right, it's me, Darkblade. You're all probably thinking, whoa, Darkblade, how did you manage to get so cool? It's because I have a blade of darkness in my heart. The three of us, we knew we needed one more member. We had to go there. We had to find the wet bat. You're probably all asking yourself, but Darkblade, who is the wet bat? There are some people in this world who hide from the darkness. There are some people who accept the darkness. And there are those who make their whole lives about fighting the darkness. There's the wet bat. The wet bat is the strongest dwarf anyone has ever known. Hunting vampires for sport. Bringing down werewolves. Got a zombie problem? It's no problem to the wet bat. We travel for months, going through snowstorms inside forests, going through forests inside snowstorms. We travel through caves. We travel through open plains. We stayed at a five-star motel. It was amazing. Everything was already paid. We stole someone's reservation. That's how hardcore we are. Then we traveled there. The beautiful lands. The mountains. We found the cave. Dripping. Wet. Dark. I shouted out there. I am Darkblade. I am here to fight the injustices of the world. Then he came from the ceiling. I didn't even see him. He was so fast. He was like a bat, except wet. A wet cloak slapped my face and a dwarf rolled in front of me looking up at me with this little bat hood on he said to me what are you doing here don't you know this is the terrain of the wet bat I took a step back I never take a step back I took a step forward just to reverse my step back I'm Darkblade I have a blade of darkness in my soul this here's Darkness Axe, and this one here is Bruised Melon. That's actually not his name. I forgot his name. Don't expect things from me. We're from an organization, inside an organization, fighting the injustices of the world, mainly Death Shift. We haven't done anything yet, but we will. What does that have to do with me? I'm the Wet Bat. That's why we need you. You're the wet bat. We can't fight without the wet bat. We need you to fight the darkness. Stand by your side as an ally. 
can't just jump out there as a wet bat, fight anyone. I was cursed long ago. I used to be just a dwarf. Just a, a dwarf wearing super sweet bat outfits, fighting vampires. Then I saw a witch one day. I threw a rock at her. She got pissed. She cursed me, always, to be uncomfortably wet with warm water, never cooling me off, never having me feel like I'm just floating. No, I'm always soggy, always soggy. I cringed, I never cringe, I uncringed. I looked at him, I understand. I used to just be a regular orc. I used to just mash potatoes. Then, I decided I have to do something about this injustice. That and my village was destroyed and everyone I loved died. That's when I recognized the blade of my soul. The Dark Blade. You're the wielder of the Dark Blade. I am. I will follow you. We will fight the darkness. I'm the white bat. I am the dark blade. That's when we clapped hands, like in the movies. We each grabbed each other's forearm. It was sweet. We couldn't see it though. It was really dark in here. We traveled from these mountains. We went through the forest inside snowstorms and the snowstorms inside forests. We stayed again at that inn. But we had to pay this time. It was hard, because we all didn't have a lot of money. We just ended up stealing money, and then paying with that. We have to stay comfy sometimes. Gotta live in nice. Now we're on our way back, to meet a benefactor. One who knows Deathshift better than anyone. The fabled farmer. We're off to find Steve. Well, travelers, honestly, that went a lot better than I thought it was gonna go. Really thought that it, it was gonna turn into like a bit of a fight there at one point, I, especially outside the, the police station. All oh, the police in this city, though, they're so corrupt, aren't they? Oh, worshipping the Shining God, and uh, they're accepting bribes from the church, and uh, trying to murder people and frame people. God, they're so horrific. Well, travelers, that's, uh, I guess that's life and sanctuary. But, um, thank you so much for listening. And we we absolutely loved having Jordan on from Modified Role. I highly suggest you go over and give them all a listen. They tell a wonderful bardic tale of, uh, honestly, the, the best kind of dungeon-crawling, side-questing, fantastic music-playing story you're ever going to hear. They really dive into the life of an adventurer. So by all means, hop on over there and make sure you give Modified Roller listen and toss them a review while you're over there. Make them feel good. Oh, and stick around to the end. We'll have a trailer from Modified Roller. All right, travelers. I'm quite wiped out. But thank you so much for giving this a listen. And we always appreciate it. Make sure you check in on those loved ones and take care of your health because it's important. Well, I'm gonna go and uh, try to get this floating mask out of our inn. I bid you all, it's you. Now the door's this way. 
Hello, we are here today to tell you about Modified Role. What you're about to hear are real-life testimonies of people who have been affected by Modified Role. None of the people you're about to hear are paid actors. I mean, they are actors, but we're not paying them. Before I found Modified Role, I never knew of the foe that plagued humanity for generations, Rivers. Before Modified Role, I didn't know there were dice with more than six sides. Well, uh, before I found Modified Rule, I thought fantasy role-playing was something you did in the bedroom. Before Modified Rule, I didn't know Warren Dice could be so dangerous. Uh, before Modified Rule came along, I couldn't tell the difference between a D20 and a tennis ball. Needless to say, it's changed my life. Before Modified Rule, I was shocked when someone would offer to show me their minis. So, with so many lives changed through Modified Rule, don't you think it's time you gave it a try? Modified Rule has not been proven to improve life in any measurable metric, and cannot be held responsible for any detrimental impact caused by listening to the podcast. Modified Rule takes no responsibility for loss of birds, dwarves, or animal companions. 